Hello and welcome to Librarians Allowed, an independent podcast sponsored by the Academic and Special Libraries section of the Library Association of Ireland. I'm your host, Laura Rooney-Ferris. Well, you know how it is, you wait months for an episode and then two come along together. What can I say, inconsistency is our brand. Uh, So last week I sat down with Christian Larison just before his keynote speech at ASL 2019. So we sat down and had a drink and a chat. Uh, Christian is the Director of Libraries and Citizen Services in Roskilde Municipality in Denmark. He's also the co-founder of Library Planet and he's a champion of the library as a vital civic space. We talked about his library journey, the idea behind Library Planet and Library Bossa Nova. Okay, so I'm here with Christian Larison. Welcome to Dublin, Christian. And thank you. Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to have a chat for the podcast and for being our keynote for ASL 2019 tomorrow. Yay! <laughs> yeah, so uh, first of all, how have you found Dublin? You've had a lovely day exploring the city. It's been like one of my best library days ever. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, you know. Where have you been? I, I've been, and you know, it, it all started when I woke up and got breakfast and they served me like plain white toast mm-hmm. and I just thought this is you know sometimes it's the small things that you know make the difference and I just thought you know the toast and the tea and all that it was just like Dublin and then I visited the Mars library oh it's so beautiful yeah. it's it's really awesome and they got some really cool library stories like mm. Bram Stoker there was like a note when he visited for, for using the library and, and doing some research for whatever he was doing and this nice lady at the library told me that in the old days they had a room downstairs mm. where they used to log in patrons if they didn't return the books oh, that's the sort of thing that we get I think we should we get disciplined for that sort of thing now they, they frown upon it if we act like that if we it lock up our patrons exactly 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 yeah, and then, then I went to Trinity College and, you know, hooked up with some lovely library people. And, like, in two hours, I visited four different libraries there. You know, the long room, which yeah. is, like, totally library pornography. Yeah, drooling in the long room yeah. <laughs> over the, all the old books. And then, then three, you know, connected uh, academic libraries at Trinity, which was just amazing and mm-hmm. buzzing of students and life mm-hmm. and, you know... Just, just and amazing. Just had uh, the the Trinity, the Berkeley, Lackey, uh, Usher libraries just ce- celebrated their fiftieth. Yeah, exactly. Last, last year. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what it's do you think of the very the brutalist architecture? People n- love it or no, hate it? No, no. Yeah, I like it because it's like one hundred percent. You know, it's mm. just there's a guy who said, "I want this library to be made out of concrete and nothing but concrete." And then he goes all in on concrete. And he just went for it. Yeah, exactly. It's only a concrete library, but yeah, you know. I think if it, was, if, it, if it was like an empty building just of concrete, it mm. would be kind of brutal. But, you know, today it was just like packed with students. And, you know, so it was just full of life. It was just yeah. life. And it, it always is. It's always so active. And just such a living organism. It's like a concrete beehive or something like that. It's a really good description of it, actually. Yeah, because yeah, I can see that because of all the, the levels and... Yeah, and, and it was yeah. activity going on. Yeah, it, it was just 
it was a good experience. Mm. Okay, so we'll go back to maybe how you ended up here, uh, both in Dublin, but also how you ended up where where you are. Like, so what's you know what was your when you were growing up? What was your experience of libraries like? Did you ever think you would end up being a librarian, or what was your first experience of libraries? No, I, I guess when when I was a teenager, I it's not very unique, but I really wanted to be a rock star. Didn't we all? <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe a writer. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in my you know small teenage room writing you know horrible, heartbroken poems. Uh, and no. You no, know, and I was reading Bukowski, and you know even though I you know might even didn't start drinking I was trying to write small novels <laughs> like you know the, the, the after you read the because yeah, you started exactly. the drinking yeah exactly <laughs> the two yeah, gone yeah. My, my, my hard life in, in like rural parts of Denmark <laughs> you know, small communities uh, and and I started playing bass in a band and it was a lot of fun but we were also really horrible and then I guess to my parents so you were making writing bad poetry and like bad music just yeah, living the teenage dream yeah exactly exactly and then at some point I think my parents were really relieved about it I I kind of it kind of made clear to me that I didn't have the talent to pull through oh. with either writing or music and, and so you they know had a like you know Denmark's Got Talent type experience <laughs> even told you like no <laughs> yeah yeah th- you don't have the talent th- that, that is that is a no my son mm. that, that is a no <laughs> so so and then I you know then I you know th- then at some point when I had to choose like some kind of career path I was thinking about how could you work with music and literature and and not be performing it and so I thought of libraries at these places where you can come and the people who work there are really just there to help you, mm. like to help you listen to new music or to help you connect with other people who like some sort of music or t- you know, to, to create a stage where you can talk about literature and explore different things. And I thought that, is, that must be really cool to be working in such, mm. such kind of a place. And I... You know, I never really thought about it, but growing up, I always loved, you know, maybe love is a strong word, but I really liked coming at the library. It was just, it's one of those spaces in communities and in society where nobody expects anything from you. You mm. can just come. It's a, it's, it's a crazy thing. It's one of those things that's really emphasized now about libraries that people say it's one of the last kind of civic spaces where you're not expected to totally to, pa- to pay money, that, you, you know, you can just come and participate at whatever level you want without having to... Involve yourself in a commercial transaction. Yeah, you know, there's many places in a in, in both an academic community and in a civic community that, that that are there, and you don't have to pay money. But if you go to the student administration, you're mm. still there for a purpose, and yeah. and they want something for you. You need to fill out a form. And you're still, and like, I mean, a lot of academic situations now, you know, like love it or hate it we're starting to see students being referred to as kind of clients and customers and you know, the, the emphasis of, on the sort of transactionary nature of being a student is being highlighted by a lot of academic institutions. And yeah, precisely. In, in that context, there's still a... But the library as element. a place, both in the civic community and the academic community, 
they, they don't demand anything from you. Mm. You can just come and be the best you that you can be, and we will help you with that. That is pretty amazing. Yeah, it is, yeah. We kind of forget that um, element of libraries. So when did you decide, right, this, this is it, this is the, the direction for me, I'm going to commit to libraries? Yeah, I was, I, I'm... I don't know. I, after gymnasium, I had like three years. You could do that back then. You can't do that now. Mm. At least it's not well seen. And I was looking into some kind of education, and I, I, I was browsing through, you know, the catalogs of different educations in, in, in Copenhagen, and and it was, you know, the internet was a thing back then. I'm not that old, you know, mm. but but it's it's kind. That technology. It's okay, I, rem- I remember as far back. Like <laughs> yeah. We used to use Netscape Navigator, <laughs> and there was a page that would tell you new new pages on the internet. Today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's actually amazing to I be. <laughs> it's actually amazing to be that old that you can remember the birth of the internet. Though I can't remember, it was not on the news. It was not like somebody made a news flash and said the internet is here, everybody. Yeah, it's it it kind of just sneaked in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> anyway, the technology was kind of changing the landscape of society. I remember I was very much into that part of how we work and what it meant. And it, I, w- I could also see that it kind of changed libraries. And I was just, I was just hooked on, on the digital part. And I thought, wow, mm. that, that must be an amazing institution to work in, to, to, you know, to explore the possibilities of what a technology can do. And then I just applied. And then, you know, I changed my mind about everything so, m- so many times. I remember I really had a lot of fun and great times having library history. You know, mm-hmm. I think that is important part of, you know, to trying to understand on what values libraries are built. Mm-hmm. You know, what, you know what, why, what has driven society into have, you know, institutions like libraries? What, what kind of, you know, changes and waves and ha- has done that it, it was necessary for some you know really great people to say we need to have libraries we mm. need to so enlighten the masses the, his- the history of, kind of libraries as an institution in in Danish library schools we don't I'm just thinking it's something we don't really focus on yeah when I, when I when I when I was a student at library school it was it was like we both had book history mm. which was pretty funny and and then we had library history it, it was just history of libraries, mm. both in Danish and in global context. Wow. And I really thought that, I really took that to heart, you know. Mm. It, it's not like I can remember a lot of, you know, years of, you know, old libraries and a lot of names of library pioneers, but I really took to heart, you know, wha- you know, the Enlightenment, for instance. Mm. You know, it, wha- what kind of movement that was and how important the development of the physical book and the institution that could bring that book and that knowledge and those thoughts and those ideas to the people. Mm. But it took that to heart and it, it, it's not very different from today really. Yeah, and I think it's always interesting looking back at the history of libraries, like what, what elements of society opposed certain other you know, sections of society accessing things like libraries. So if you look at certain points in history where you know, certain people were not given free access to, to libraries, that free access to libraries is sort of, it's like a, a benchmark of, of a 
a fully democratic society and anyone who objects to that and anyone who tries to kind of cap that or monetize it in any way is in some way against a free and democratic society that's probably me just having a bit of a rant but I just think it's you know how how various um sections of society interact with and understand the importance of libraries illustrates their kind of approach to equality in society because you know, you know, in a really equal society everyone should have access to information and a public library is one, one of the simplest and freest um, institutions yeah. for accessing information without I having to have I, I totally you know, agree I totally agree and it's it's you know it's it's really good with a, a rent now and then and uh, and I think many people forget that we are not living in an equal world. No. You know, especially privileged people. I'm extremely privileged. Mm. I, you know, I'm I'm white and I'm male and I'm you know having a great job in a powerful position. Mm. You know, and and it's and you know every there's there's walls and bubbles all around me. You know, take Facebook for instance. Mm. I'm always extremely surprised after an election. When it turned out that you know that the right wing parties won, yeah. because it has created a, a, the algorithm creates a bubble that only gives me you know the, the you know the thoughts and you know the same things that people agree with. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm always everybody 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 in that corner of the world thinks that we should have a left wing you know government. So how on earth can this happen? You know. And so, so we ha we live in bubbles all yeah, the time. All of us do. I yeah. think we're we're at least becoming more cognizant of that now. Um, and for many of us, it's really hard to understand that there's actually some people, you know, who can't afford Wi-Fi or internet at home. Yeah. And you know, these and kind of basic things. That's what infuriates me about that you know, really facile argument about the, you know, why do we still need libraries in, in the internet age? Why doesn't everyone have access to the internet? Well, actually, they don't. And even if they do, access to something doesn't mean you have the understanding and the capability of using it to your best advantage. You need some sort of mediation or mechanism to be able to access that in a way that's beneficial to you. So, yeah. <laughs> Come on, we went off on a bit of a rant there. <laughs> I did. Sorry, that was me. Um, Rain so along. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's quite interesting. Just interesting that, that you actually did your library course went into the history of libraries because it's something that's very missing from you know our, our library courses here don't really go into the history of libraries and the course I did didn't really I think it's really important to understand where you come from mm. and, and, and and you know be, being working in libraries I think it's I think it's un really important that you know everybody from top management to you know to the the great library worker that just you know go to works and meet meet the patrons every day understand what values we are carrying through and where we come from and why we are here basically yeah. how we evolved yeah yeah and it's not like it's only a big wall and a disc but it's actually an important part of a society we make a difference mm. and we should be proud or we should at least aim to make a difference exactly um, so when you left library school um, how did you enter into the, the world of working in, in libraries and what did you what, what did you feel the difference was between the, the academic, the theory, and when you actually got into working in a library? Well, you know, your, your career and life is just covered with, you know, you know luck and unluck and mm. different kind of unseen circumstances. And I had a student job at, you know, I, I, I the only library 
in my head was public libraries mm. when I studied more or less. So, but then I got a student job at the architectural schools library, and I had a, you know, the director at the library. Uh, he was called Rene, and and he was very much like, "Hey man, you really need to, you know, focus on your career." And mm. I thought it would be a great idea for you to, you know, go and run for the board for the Danish Library Research Library Association. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, and then I run being a student, mm. and I I got elected by two votes to some other dude. Mm. It was like extremely. But you were close. two votes better than that person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something like that, mm. you know, <coughs> and then I just came up out of that, and then this, then then this door just opened into academic libraries, mm. and when I had to get my first job, my first, you know, like permanent job, I I saw this job at the Royal Library of Denmark, and it was like uh, uh, being. Half-time solo librarian at mm. the Department of Sociology at the University of Copenhagen. You know, Copenhagen University Library is a part of the Royal Library in Denmark, and it was part-time being a part of the Faculty Library of Social Sciences. Mm. And you know, this the solo thing didn't really appeal to me mm. because, yeah, it's just nice to have you know other other you know Especially library peers around. Especially in your career, it's quite a, it can be tough to. Yeah, but 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 but, I, but then at the same time, had a had a base of great people at the faculty library, where I also had an office space and I was there half the time. And I also it really appealed to me that I had the uh, authority, more or less, to shape this really really big small library yeah. of sociology in my own way. So it you know it was it was the department of sociology's library, but it was also my library, and I really you know I really loved how I could work with it. Mm. Uh, and I remember I bought like there was no the seatings was not that great and I remember I bought like a old couch on on some market and got it transported there and it was so popular mm. and I got so uh, such a kick out of you know creating this little space where people could hang out in another place than the regular study spaces and I just thought wow this yeah, is working great and I made like a corner with, with a, a, a huge armchair called for Coe's Corner mm. and I had like sociology oh, magazines and kind of working in themes and stuff Sorry, uh, and, and it was just it was just great and then and then yeah and then then I you know kind of I think what was also appealing about the job ex- except it was kind of solo was that the Royal Library is a huge library institution in Denmark mm. and at the time I was thinking <laughs> management could be really funny you know it could be I mean I had, I had just seen so much bad library management and bad <laughs> leadership yeah. and I was thinking sometimes the best way to know how to lead is so just by looking at the examples of yeah. how it's done badly yeah and I, and I just had like a huge energy energy to really move things you know to create those small corners of Foucault and to get those couches in gear and all those kind of things. So I thought that, you know, leadership could be a career path at some point. And then it was it was just, it was pre- I think it was pretty obvious for me that the Royal Library was an institution that was so big that was actually, you know, possibilities to move into leadership at some point. Mm. And I, you know, I, owned, I was only there for half a year and then I got my 
first first job as a leader as a head of section at the faculty library at social sciences mm-hmm. and it was just so crazy and weird but also amazing you know it's it's crazy to move from you know employee to leader yeah yeah that's quite a transition so you were managing a bigger library space and more, more people and yeah it, it was like it was like a faculty library. I think there was like fifteen or sixteen employees, mm-hmm. and and it was just I was really young. I was like thirty years old or something like that. And suddenly you should, and I had had like no experience, like regular mm-hmm. experience, more or less. And suddenly you had to tell you know really hardcore library librarians you know who have been working for there for thirty years. You know what to do. Or, you know how how can we do this That's kind of thing? That's very challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah, have so any tips for anyone in that situation? No, I'm thinking. I mean, I mean, leadership and libraries is a people business. Yeah. So it's you know, and I don't believe that any people wake up in the morning and thinking now I'm gonna go into work and I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up things for my boss yeah. or for for my colleagues. You know when when things are hard it comes from some place it's because people are frustrated or maybe they mm-hmm. are lacking the understanding of why we do things maybe they just don't agree and then we can always talk about that so I, you know I, I think I think the best tip is just to remember that libraries and leadership is, is really is a people business and if you had to gain the goals you need to understand those people that you're working with yeah, and, and get them on board on what you're trying to aim otherwise it's going to be a really hard journey mm. yeah it's true I think um, people tend to forget that about libraries you know, the, the rest of society you know, the, the people who uh, trot out that stupid mantra of, it must be great to work in libraries you get to read books all day or that librarians are introverted or that it's a, you know, it's a very kind of withdrawn profession where it isn't you, know, you really have to be you have to have quite good people skills if you want to work in a capacity where you're managing people or dealing with the public or dealing with your core user group you really have to have good people skills we have a huge communication and branding problem mm, we do yeah no I don't know I don't I'm not sure it's you know the brand of the library I think it basically is pretty good it's mm. an extremely trustworthy you know institution I never met anybody who didn't really like a library maybe they don't use it but it's not like people are going around and saying I, 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 I don't I really don't like I libraries I, I, hate, except I hate libraries I yeah. don't I never met that person you know I've never, I don't know that I've met anyone who's that extreme about it but I've certainly met people who are do you ever feel like sometimes you know, our, our part of our branding problem is that we suffer from it? Certainly in Ireland, we're actually very lucky in that there's really good, there's great kind of sentiment towards libraries. People really, like we actually have quite good investment in our libraries. You know, we, have, we have some very, very, very good public libraries. Our public libraries are really you know, coming on, especially in the last kind of five years. They've really done some, some great things um, and they've had great community outreach. And there's a great... Kind of, warm feeling <laughs> the public towards libraries but sometimes I think like that actually is nearly a detriment to us because people are like oh yeah libraries they're so lovely and they like they do reading programs for children and they sort of it's like that, war- that warm and kind of fluffy feeling and like oh librarians they would never do anyone any, any harm and like that we're not we're not a threat or that we couldn't you know be dangerous if we wanted to be or, you know that they see us as kind of harmless and like oh they're really nice to have like we're this kind of added extra this nice little kind of fluffy thing but 
in some ways I think that might be detrimental to us because nobody sees us as you know, we're not seen as being kind of um, business minded or being good at marketing or being good at you know, kind of promotions or you know, we're not seen as being kind of modern and you know, technologically savvy even though that's a very significant part of our jobs. Mm. Yeah, and sometimes I also get a little bit tired of talking about. I know we're talking about it right now, but you know, yeah. I've, we've been talking about this for my whole career. How, how can we promote how awesome libraries mm. are, and that we, you know, I had this guy who was new on, at my football team, mm. and we were just chatting after a game, and he said, "So what do you do?" And I said, "I work at a library," and he was just totally numb, and then said. Do you go to work in a pajamas? Yes. <laughs> and it was like, no. That's I a new one. Though. I've never heard <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like people just—they automatically make an assumption about you that you're not, that you know, you somehow aren't ambitious, or that you aren't, you know, that you aren't technologically savvy, that you aren't kind of very you know, driven. Why is that? Do you think? It's, yeah, it's I don't know, but it's annoying. <laughs> It's, it's it's weird when people kind of like the institution and then have this, you know, perception of it to being, you know... Like, I don't do that about accountants. I don't say, oh, you're an, account you're an accountant. I eh? do. You must be really boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I don't need an accountant. I have a calculator. Yeah. You know. No, you're right. You're right, right. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. We need to work on that. <laughs> um, so then... Yeah, yeah but, but working on that, I think we should just, you know... I'm I'm just at a place where I'm I'm fed up with talking about it. I, mm. I think we should just be you know cool about and proud about what we do, and then just do it. You know, yeah. and I eventually I th I think you know if you know we are also reproducing the picture. The more we are talking about it, I can be That's afraid true. of. Yeah. So if the more we're talking about you know the, the stereotype librarian female with a you know a bun um. and all these kind of things. And the more we reproduce it in memes and cover, you know, it's just you know we're just it, you know pushing that, and yeah. maybe we should just let it go and then just you know be awesome. I think yeah, there's something to be said for you know that idea. If you, if you are confident in what you do and you don't feel like you need to justify it, yeah, that's a then good point. you that's a good with point. everything like no matter whether it's you know just your entire your outlook on life, your 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 personality, your views on things. If you're confident, if you're stable in what you do, you don't need to be on the defensive about it. And I think that's where I have the problem sometimes, where we're on the defensive, that we're immediately saying, like, no, no, libraries are great, they're cool, like they're not boring, they're not. We don't shush people, <laughs> where we get all annoyed if somebody says like, oh, you must spend your whole day going and telling people to be quiet, and I get really annoyed about that. Like, no, libraries aren't about shushing people anymore. Let let people think what they what they think. We if we just keep doing doing what we're doing and doing it well then eventually the message will get across hopefully, hopefully yeah I, I, I was at this 20 years jubilee at my you know s school class and I, then I'm, I was just chatting with this girl who I, I haven't seen for 20 years and she said so what do you do Christian nowadays I'm a, I'm a director of libraries and she said wow that is so cool so you get to decide to which book the, the library is going to buy. You buy all the books, that is Aww. very cool. She thinks you're in an office buying books. All yeah, time. exactly. That is, that is where the power is. He's the most powerful guy at the library. He buy all the books. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. If only it was that simple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, oh, well. but yeah, but it's, yeah. So, I don't know. It's, I think, yeah, we should just be proud. We have to be, yeah. You know, this is something to be said for, you know, 
be true to yourself and what you're doing if you can be, be confident in it and other people either they're going to listen to yeah, what I you have to say I or, think or they're not. I think that that's important on you know everyday life when we meet people in society. I guess on on a more strategic level, it's important that we have institutions that can you know can influence the decisions makers in societies and actually say if you want to make a society like this, and I think you should think of libraries as a part of that, an important part of that, mm. of creating whatever we want to do, uh, uh, digital literacy, uh, shared spaces for communities to grow and connect and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. So you had, you were in the academic library sector for quite a long time, well, until fairly recently, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was with the Royal Library for eight years. Mm. So you've just recently moved into your current role. As I, I love the sound of your job title. It's a uh, director of libraries and, and civic citizen civ services. Citizen services. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you define the citizen services as? Yeah, but citizen services in Denmark is actually an institution. Mm. Okay. So it's not. It's not. It sounds really. Um, value added at some point yeah. but it's it's really a, a basic part of municipalities mm. which handling you know driver license and it's a gateway to the digital Denmark and mm. uh, you know all this kind of stuff passports so it's not that funky it's oh. important <laughs> but it's not that funky that it sounds maybe mm. but I like the sign of it in the sense that it quite clearly you know, what what I think is different in that title is that it very clearly kind of locates the library as being a significant part of a, like a community. Yeah. That it roots the library in the community and makes that connection just within the title itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's it, you know some 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 municipalities has uh, citizen services at, as one part of the, the the municipality and libraries as the other part, and some have. As a shared organization, Roskilde is shared, and makes it makes good sense. I, I really like the the citizen service folks. They are not like librarians, mm -hmm. but are library workers. But they have like they have. That's one thing that is really significant. They have a huge eager for using evidence and data when they make decisions. Yeah, that's good. And that is that is really something I can use over on the library sites. Not that they don't. You know, it's not that they don't want to do it, but it's mm. it does it seems to me that there's no huge tradition for doing it. Yeah. And and we, we our services is just you know it, it's a huge inst institution bound to a lot of money. And when we make decision to make you know our services better, I just think it's important that we look at the evidence that we have. How is the current use? Mm. How is our could be, you know, both quantitative and qualitative. What can we do to gain some knowledge if we want to change things for the better? Mm. And and the, the citizen service folks are really up for that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. it seems like in that sense it's quite a good partnership. Yeah, and yeah, a that good kind of yeah. There's, that, there's some there's some sure useful sure reflections that can bounce off, you know, both parties, I guess. Yeah. So you also um, have recently moved into a whole new way of promoting libraries uh, with Library Planet. Yes. And, and you really, you've really been kind of flying the flag for Library Planet around Dublin today. <laughs> um, so if you want to talk a little bit about like, what 
inspired you to set up Library Planet or where the idea first came from? Because it's just such a good idea. Yeah, it's kind of basic actually. I, I have this great uh, library friend called Marie mm. and one day we were just chatting about, you know, um, how awesome it is to travel and how we both always when we were traveling not professionally but just were traveling with our families and stuff mm. were you know out for visiting libraries and not only the big flagship libraries like mm. you know for the architecture and stuff like that but also like small community libraries like one room libraries in some rural part of Spain or whatever mm. and how you know those small libraries always were so giving and significant for the community that you met and how you could always be you know, as a library professional, really happy about, you know, visiting such a place and also, you know, just to be reminded of the diversity of libraries. And we were kind of, you know, just discussing um, <coughs> our, you know, our, our traveling plans for the coming year and some of us just bursted out, damn, you should really have like a lonely planet only for libraries, yeah. you know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and suddenly a light bulb went yeah, off. Yeah, and head. then I, then I, you know, as we were talking, I just tweeted it. Mm. Like, I want to do a lonely planet for libraries. Who is with me? Yeah, because I remember seeing that and thinking like, why has no one done this before? This is such a good idea. Yeah, and it was, and the response was just, you know, it was just massive. People were just like, mm. whoa, that is just a crazy idea. We want to do this and stuff like that. We want to go traveling and, you know, we want to make this. And and so and then and then we just yeah maybe maybe we should just do it so like one or two days later we just you know thought it could be cool that it was not me and Marie you know it's we we, we travel both of us but we you mm -hmm. know couldn't travel that much yeah, to cover cook. everywhere <laughs> exactly so we thought about how could we make this like a crowdsourced effort mm -hmm. for for people not only within the library sector but for everybody who just visits the library and wanted to share the experience. So we just put up a really simple, you know, uh, site on WordPress, and we called it Library Planet, and and we just, you know, we just said to the world, hey, if you visit a library, then you know, take some pictures and share the story. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, you know, it's just been a steady stream of library love coming into our feed. You know, mm. people are so, you know, people are so great at just, you know, sending libraries and stories and pictures and writing to us how much it means to them both you know as, as travelers but also just to you know remind them and the world how many different libraries there are and that also really 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 small you know one room brick libraries on some you know <laughs> almost abandoned street in some rural mm. place of Colorado is really really important to our community yeah. so it's really it's really rewarding and meaningful for us to 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 have just created this really simple platform where you know where we can just you know show off both the huge flagship libraries like the new one in Helsinki but also yeah, just the really Helsinki, small ones yeah. that looks amazing yeah it totally <laughs> looks amazing great press coverage but that, yeah. I like your philosophy that it's not just about these huge flags flagship libraries that everyone here is about that you know are, are obviously beautiful and impressive and are going to make a significant impact on those communities that it is about these tiny little libraries in these small places that are you know a reflection of the community around them. I, I 
few times every week I get one of those articles in my feed that says 20, the 25 most stunning and beautiful oh, yeah. libraries in the world. Check out these beautiful libraries. Yeah, and, and, I, and I like it, but it's often it's about other really historical libraries, like the Long Room mm. Library in, in Trinity. Uh, it's about like new flagship architectural amazing libraries. Mm. But that is that is just really the tip of the iceberg of libraries. That is just that is that is great and amazing and important libraries. Mm. But it's not the whole story. But sometimes that's more of an you know those are almost more of an architectural story than they are a library story because they're these stunningly beautiful buildings that would be even if they had nothing in them really impressive to look at. Totally, totally. And you know the, a library, no matter how the building is looking and how much million of dollars cost is no better you know than the staff who is working there yeah and 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 what and and the ambition of that library otherwise it's just a building yeah it might be beautiful a room with books is not a library and exactly uh, exactly a, a room with no books and a librarian is a library i'm trying to think of the, the quote that was used for i, the, I read the it conference and, and also it's important you know now now our framing is on actually libraries but it's i think it's an important point is that we are not bound to our buildings yeah. as libraries. I read this amazing story uh, last week about a librarian at a small branch library in Copenhagen mm. who once a week traveled out to like this home for women who has you know both been beaten up mm. and uh, suffered from depression and drug addicts. It's like a home for people for, for women to, you know to, to carry them away. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and you know th that is like a group in society who doesn't visit libraries. They are like really vulnerable place, and you know. But she 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 went to that home every week to do like a a, a reading club. So so mm. she 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 gathered these women and then they read a book together, and that was just that that is so meaningful, you know. And I think it's I, I think I read the article like three or four times, and I was just like half crying and half, you know, smiling. Mm. It, it resonated so great with me. And it, I think the important thing about the story is, besides the significance in communities about libraries, is that you don't always, you I mean, it's not only the big building with libraries that it yeah. we can make great stuff and outside the building. we're realizing that now, maybe in the last 10 years or so, that it's as much about what we do reaching out as it is about what happens with people coming in to us. In fact, that that's not really the story anymore. It's it's more about what we do in the facing outward than it is about how we get you know, bums on seats or foot feet through the door. Totally. Yeah. So. Hmm, that's that's a really interesting program. Must ask you for the the details of that article. Um, so you're going to be talking a little bit more tomorrow about library space and libraries as space and libraries as part of the community. Can you give me a little sneak peek of what, what your keynote will contain tomorrow? Yeah, sure. I, you know, I... Obviously don't give it all away. I don't no, no, I don't want any, sp any major spoilers. <laughs> of course not. But I will, I will, I can tell you what I'm not going to talk about. I'm mm. not going to talk about library designs and library decors and how to make great learning spaces. I'm more going to talk about the library is an extremely important part of creating social infrastructure in both civic right. community but also in academic community. Mm. I think, you know, I, I will, it, it got like, you know, three points. The, the one thing 
I want to talk about is not really about libraries, but why places matters to mm. us. In a highly digitalized world, I think that public places is becoming even more significant and more important for us. Yeah. Um, and 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 how places affect us on different you know levels. How it can make us you know grow and develop and be empowered and feeling a part of something else. Mm. And then I will talk a little bit about you know the library as an important part of social infrastructure in civic community and then I will make a bit to how we can work with that in academic community because I think it's kind of to me at least obvious uh, in in civic community with homeless people mm. and you know and a lot of you know you know a, a, a society in a community where some people absolutely are not equal when you go into a, an academic community it you're narrowing it down but you know yeah. students are feeling loneliness too they're also feeling that they're not belonging to something mm. and i think looking at the main purpose of an academic library and of you know research and higher education in general you know is that people should connect and learn and create new wisdoms together and i think it's really hard to do that job if you don't feel that you are thriving and you don't feel that you're belonging if, if you're actually in a place when you feel like you know that you're alone and where you're m maybe your mental health is at stake you know it's all about you know human beings so so I'm gonna you know I'm gonna develop on how we can talk about the academic library space as a social infrastructure in um, higher education and research mm. yeah and I think that very much ties in with our idea of the, the conference, the, the title being place, space or state of mind, yeah. you know, that, that libraries are not just about, you know, and our, our concept of the library as a space is so much more than just a physical building, and you know, it's about how you interpret your relationship with the people that you, you serve, it's not about the bricks and mortar really, it's about how you interpret what the needs are of the community that you need to serve and how, how you do that. And, you know, how you create you know, welcoming spaces in whatever way you need to do that for the people who need to use your space. Totally, and totally. So I'm really excited to hear what you have to say tomorrow. I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll wrap it up now. Um, thank you so much for agreeing to be the, the keynote, and um, I'm looking forward to hearing what you what you have to say tomorrow. Thank and you for inviting me, Laura, yeah, both to <laughs> chat uh, here today and uh, also to you know, talk tomorrow. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your time in Dublin. <laughs> Thanks I will. Very much. I will. <laughs>let you go without asking you about this bossa nova song yeah, because sure, sure, sure. are you the only person who's ever come up with a, a library bossa nova song I'm, I'm I'm the only person I know of okay I can't promise that it's the only library other bossa nova, bossa nova librarians please identify yourself yeah so. please please do and then we make a festival of it and then you'll have a bossa nova off and yeah exactly, <laughs> see who's exactly. The best. yeah how did that come about yeah it was like I had this you know I had this idea for a while for making an appreciation song for the students and the faculty members at social sciences in Copenhagen, um, just for thanking them for using the library mm. and being, you know, great library advocates. It was a great crowd, you know. 
Um, and then one day I got an you know an application by a young dude who he just wanted to you know get some training. And I was reading it over, so it was not like a, like he wanted a real job. He just wanted to, you know to you know do a project with us for like two months or something mm. like that. And I was reading it over, and he had some great ideas. He could do like different kind of programming that we mm. were looking into. He could like he was pretty you know keen on great, Python yeah. and stuff like that. So and then and he's at the end of his resume, he wrote that he could play bossanova guitar, mm. and I was like, wow. You're really like, cool. oh, the hell with you, Python. I want the Python. Yeah, I want the So I took him in, and he was like really cool, cool dude. And uh, so, so we we had him, you know, for, uh, for for a few months, and he trained our librarians in Python. And then we did this project on our side, where we wrote and recorded a library Bossanova song as an appreciation song for, you know the faculty who used the library and I had had a few other you know uh, library employees at the time who played music one who played drums mm. and uh, one who played um, and one who you know who had like he was living in a shared apartment where one of the other dudes living there had like a, a small home studio so and and we decided it should not be a song about how awesome the library was it should mm. be a thank you guys for That's using the idea. library yeah. yeah and then we wanted to frame it so the different verses in the song was marked at the five different subject fields within social sciences oh in good. Copenhagen yeah. yeah so there was one for the sociologist and mm. one for the political science and one for the economics and so on so everyone was covered yeah everyone was covered and felt kind of yeah thank you especially you for using the library with your subject field. so um and then, then, then we asked, you know, then we just, yeah, then we just met for some sessions, and we started working on the lyrics, and we, mm. you know, drank some, you know, beers and wine, and had a lot of fun with it. That helps the, the, yeah. the creative process. And then we recorded it, and we thought that it would be great not only to have it like, you know, an, an, a digital version that we could push around, but also to have it on something that we could give people. Great. Yeah. So we got it. We got it. You know, we got it you know, uh, pressed on seven-inch vinyl records um, and and it, it just became a wonderful little, you know, library mm -hmm. game who, you know, created a lot of joy at the faculty mm. um, and a lot of, you know, a promotion, I guess, for the library too. Yeah. Uh, and we also actually did a, a, a few concerts with the with the band. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. So, so it's 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 a. So you were able eventually to come back to being a rock star. Yeah, uh, maybe so maybe, maybe it was not maybe it didn't maybe it was not so about the library. Maybe it was just about back, me. Somehow you managed to come back around to combining your current career with the career you wanted whenever you were a teenager. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm thinking when you say it like that that maybe this was not just a great idea for the library. Maybe this was just you know me being selfish and fulfilling my <laughs> dream as a <laughs> no, rock your, star. Your, your tortured <laughs> rock, inner rock yeah. star needed to come out. Using somehow. my library as a platform for <laughs> that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think that's when libraries work well, though, or when librarians work well, is when you find a way to bring your personal passion and your profession together. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I guess you're right. Okay. Well, I think I'll I'll, I'll put the the song over the end of the of the, the podcast so it's a, it's a and I'll put a link to it on the, the, the notes feel free to do that it's it's a uh, I 
I, I really like the song. It's, it came out, you know, the vocal came out a big, a, a bit. Uh, I don't know, uh, melodramatic or something <laughs> like that. It's, it's a bit. It's not. It's not as happy as I thought it would be. But it, I think it's still really soothing mm. at some point. Okay. We'll, we'll put it on the end, end of the episode. So Thank you so much for. I just couldn't let you go without asking about that. Sure, sure. <laughs> Thanks again, Christian. Next on your mind, lost in your time at the library, subject to all our compliance. Is the journals of political science being about the wars and the tactical? Thanks to Christian for being a great guest and being a total blast at ASL 2019. Go check out his blog and take a browse of Library Planet to plan your next bit of library tourism. Links to those and to Lost in the Library on SoundCloud are in the episode notes. I promise I'll try to make a concerted effort to be a bit more regular with episodes in the coming months. So if you do want the heads up when a new episode drops, make sure you subscribe on your podcast catcher of choice. Until then, keep up the adventures in Libraryland. Librarians Allowed is produced and presented by Laura Lee Ferris. Music and editing by Michael Ferris. Wow.